Trending news right now. Okay, let's try again. Adekunle Owolabi, social commentator, to discuss with us social media in the last 24 hours. Good morning, Ade. How are you? I'm doing good. And yourself, I'm how good. are you today? Good, good. Thanks. I don't know these lines that are trying to be jealous of our chat, but we have conquered. Here we are, <laughs> entering the trending topics. Okay. Okay, no, actually, let me ask you about the Tupperware story. What's your experience? Have you returned what you took from your family and friends? Have they returned yours <laughs> from Christmas <laughs> and, and Boxing Lunch, uh, uh, um, Boxing Day lunch? Uh, I, I remember back then, we usually look at Tupperwares when we have families and friends around. We had to tell them, please bring your Tupperwares <laughs> when you come here for the prize. Yeah. You don't want to buy, spend money buying new ones for the new year. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's talk first things today. No curf- uh, curfew on uh, New Year's Eve. Quite a lot of calls have come for this that um, the President Cyril Ramaphosa releases or relaxes this part of uh, COVID lockdown regulations of uh, removing the curfew. The DA leader, John Steenhuisen, what is he saying? Um. Uh, I mean, it's, I do not know why the, um, the DA are trying to twist the harm of the president on this um, issue. They did mention that they're not um, um, questioning the whole lockdown, but they're just concerned about the curfew. And, and, and they're trying to be uh, smart about it and how it's, it's an infringement on on. on on the economy and freedom of movement and all of that. I do not think, uh, I do not know why they're doing this. It's just a New Year's Eve by the end of the day. And I think the question is, um, when they're calling for a, a, a movement like this or a decision like this for the presidency to, to make, they need to look at what is happening in the world. We've seen countries now recording high um, cases of coronaviruses all over all over the world and and I think that is something we should be looking at and I, I think I do not think it's a, it's a sensible uh, uh, request and I've seen also on social media people actually saying that this senseless curfew must fall and that's another hashtag that is that is um, he is saying also, though, Stian Hazen is also saying that South Africans' morale needs a boost and people want to legally come together with friends and family to celebrate. What do you make of that statement or argument? Um, that, I, the statement is, is not appropriate. And I think, um, of course, even though we know there is curfew, I do, we do have very much aware that People are still gathering. People are staying overnight in families, and I do not think there is a there is a firm warning on that. But I think people needs to. I think this is a time that South Africa as a country needs to come together and and look at how to make this work. Because as we as we look at the current data right now, we are not looking that good, and and I think. What is the data saying? Is anyone interested in what the data is saying on the infection rate? And we've seen the Netherlands, they've had to shut down on necessary facilities. And we've seen the rates increasing in the UK. We've seen the rates increasing in Brazil and France. And although France 
they're not going to um, have a, a restriction, but they are actually putting uh, stricter measures on, on restaurants and other places to visit as well. So, uh, I mean, interestingly, the UAE, they are not restricting access, but Abu Dhabi, where I'm speaking from, is also enforcing, they actually have a border where you are being tested and you need to have 96 hours of uh, negative COVID-19 result, PCR result. So these are things they need to look at. It's like we're not interested in the, in the data. It's like we are taking the opposite direction. And this is cause for concern, overall concern, if we have leaders calling for, New Year, uh, for the lockdown to be removed because of New Year's Eve. There will be many more New Year's Eve to have. Can we just be alive? Can we just be responsible? I think that is what we should be discussing at the moment. The figures, though, are a bit erratic. If we look at confirmed cases, just focusing on that and the 24-hour span that we keep uh, reporting on, I mean, they go up and down and up and down and up and down. But the sentiment from the DA's uh, leader, Stian Hazen, that South Africans' hospitalization rates are low at the moment and vaccines are proving to be effective, surely the NCC or National Command Council would have uh, noted this. Why, why do you think not? Why do you think he has to remind us again of this in terms of this decision then on curfew? I think, I, I think in as much as he, he thinks that Africa needs uh, to do the morale at the moment right now, um, I am beginning to... It's, it's quite um, disappointing, if I'll put it that way. Um, South Africa is one of the countries, if not the only one that I've found, that is um, incentivizing people to get cold, to get a, the, the vaccine. I mean, you've seen campaigns like Dressing It to Win. They are doing cash prizes, trying to get people to win. And I begin to ask myself, is this really happening in South Africa where people are being, there's a draw, there's a cash draw, and all of that. That also, I do not think it was an act of desperation from the government. I may mean, not really want to blame the government on this, but when we have people that have campaigns and opinion or views that are not medically proven about the, the coronavirus or the vaccine, this is these are ways of you know people have their way of getting onto the uh, onto the government to to listen to their complaints. And I do not think the government should actually bow to this request. They should be locked down um, during the New Year's Eve. And in as much that we know people will still flout the law, they will still do what they want to do anyway. And if you're going to remove the 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 the, 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 uh, the curfew just for a one-day celebration, I, I don't think it, it is worth it. Considering the risk, we do not want to go to level four or level five in January. And we've been doing fine and we can actually manage this if we are really serious about our lives. I think, I think, of course, government needs to look at, look at this is not my call, but if I were to be asked, this is my, my opinion on it. Um, the DA needs to relax and the African Forum needs to also hold their office at the moment. So other calls uh, previously came from religious groups. There was a, an even a, sort of a Twitter movement that started on ushering the new year in in prayer and church countdowns. What do you make of that argument and then and that call? Um, I mean, the, 
the, I know there's a word that has been used in the, in the, in, in the church and which is omnipresent, that God is available everywhere. And I think that you can pray, God doesn't use a five-day network to listen to prayers. You can pray in your lounge, you can pray wherever it found you. I don't know, I think religious leaders need to understand this. And, and we are not disrespecting um, their religion, and I think they need to find. We need to find a way to work together in this uh, uh, in this uh, pandemic time. Things have changed. This is not. This is not. This is a new norm, and and I think they need to educate them. They need to let them understand. The, there was a time we can only have 50 people. We can only have 100 people. We have seen churches having more than the required and all of that, and we have, I mean, knowing the, the, the ratio of the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, and, and how do we prove that people that are in the church are vaccinated, all of those things, like, like there's no, it's, it's just, um, it is a bit tricky, and I think the religious leaders need to work with the DOH on this, and we are all working together to achieve um, a coronavirus-free South Africa. And if we are going to bend the rules for New Year's Eve, and I do not think, I do not think um, it is going to hurt anyone. And, and I do not think uh, prayers to God will not be answered. And they need to find ways to work. They can use Zoom, they can use social media, they can have Facebook Live, however, whatever works for them. And, and I think we need to look at how, you know, it is just... Um, frustrating when you have to bring this topic up every now and then and, and the data says you're not looking good and we also need to learn from what is happening in the world. We're going to have people coming into the country for New Year's and we do not know how. People are moving around and passing this virus uh, 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 onto one another and, and the New Year's Eve is going to be a, um, a catalyst for this and this, if we have to uh, in, put the coffee in place, it is a good um, remedy to, to at least uh, prevent us from having an avalanche of, of coronavirus infection. What if those groups um, in church and religious groups do feel spiritually hurt by not being able to usher in the new year the way they would have in previous years with prayer and that fellowship? And maybe the arguments that may arise that then law enforcement should rather, instead of looking at arresting people who are celebrating or ushering in the new year, focus rather on preventing drunk driving and real criminality, not so much on the curfew. Wow, well, it's, 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 we, we are all aware of the scenarios and situations that do um, associate with the new year celebration. And... If we have the the, the forces, the, the the police um, trying to find drunk drivers and preventing accidents and all sorts of things, and and it's 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 also relative in a way that um, if we put the lockdown and if we put the curfew in place, first of all, it will affect it will it will uh, prevent. Um, people from driving so late and 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 all of that, and it was to prevent a lot of issues or problems that could occur and uh, during that point in time. They eat gathering in the church, they eat um, drunk driving, um, and, and I'm sure there will be roadblocks, there will, there will be police and, and forces um, around and trying to ensure that people are there to these um, 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 coffee restrictions. 
uh, I think the, the 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 request is not really um, this is not it's not really uh, uh, relative to, to to what we're discussing. The goal is to prevent the the surge. Um, in coronavirus infection. Okay, and as I you said, I mean, every forum, every forum was another call. Uh, it came from them. They, their urgent bid to have the national curfew declared unconstitutional was dismissed. Uh, but the, one of the arguments every forum had was that it's a violation of human rights. This curfew. They were quoting Section Twenty One Point One of the Constitution that says that everyone has the right to freedom of movement. I didn't see this argument coming. I don't know about you, because as much as this argument or provision of the Constitution, it relates to past laws. It's, uh, we, we, the, I mean, the National Disaster Act is in place, and, and there is a need why the government keeps emphasizing that act whenever we've been moved from different levels of lockdown. And this is, this, I, I mean, I think... Um, we all know the law to an extent. It might not be um, barristers or judge or whatever it is, but I think um, this is becoming a politician at the moment, and it's unnecessary. And, and as I will always say, that there is no need for for the DA or Afro Forum to be unnecessarily difficult in this uh, approach that they're using towards the ANC or uh, the ruling party, if I'll put it that way. I think we all need to work together. This is a time where we put our different uh, opinion or views um, uh, aside. We've lost people, prominent people, ordinary people in the country, and and coronavirus is real. And the vaccine works, and we all have different levels of uh, immune system. Of course, there's been herd immunity uh, reports from the places that we've seen in South Africa. But we have, we have not really achieved that full, uh, full immunity uh, at the moment right now. And that is what we're striving for. And um, enforcing a curfew during New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve celebration is best for South Africa, knowing the, the, how we are in South Africa. We are a unique country. This uh, this particular argument, though, th- does it reiterate then those beliefs that are par- the apartheid-like tactics of lockdown? Because there are those who have called lockdown sort of similar uh, compared to apartheid, even the issue of access to vaccines. When we quote what Afriforum said in terms of Section 21.1 of the Constitution. Uh, it's, as I said, you know, it's, 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 it's politicking now and there is nothing like that. And if the, 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 if the curfew is put in place to prevent um, the, the, the surge in coronavirus infection, I think, it's, I think the, if, if, they, if they're not happy with it, they can take the, the government to court. They can challenge them to court. And they will see what the outcome would be in the Well, yeah, in, it's in, been in, dismissed. In the, in the so they, they, they exactly. have to sit down, I guess, exactly. on that one. Meanwhile, though, our police <laughs> minister, Peggy Tele, has said nobody is going to move after midnight. Uh, he's, he's made some pretty coarse comments in the past few days warning that those who break curfew rules to ring in the new year will be severely uh, punished. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a good it's a good call to to have the minister of police making that statement and um I just uh, uh want to I wish people can listen and not get to be arrested before they understand that um, they actually mean business. 
the the police, the municipal police, have been actively active in its campaign on this issue of um, of liquor and the relevance of of the impact of of liquor in in, in accidents and drunk driving and all sorts of things. And this is the time where we we get to see the, um, the rise in in accidents. And all of that. So I think the call is, is a good one, and um, and I see that there has been more campaign that has been making lately um, regarding this issue. Another campaign then on Peggy uh, Tele, the Minister of Police, is the hashtag Act Now campaign uh, that he's partnered with the National Liquor Traders Association. They're saying no to gender-based violence, and they hosted a march or a walk in the south of Durban. Tell us more. Yes, um, it, it's um, the 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 minister of police um, it, as did this work and in in response to um, we've uh, concluded the 16th day of activism and um, gender-based violence and and despite the fact that we are still getting this um, uh, we have not really gotten anywhere with this uh, issue and. So the Aqual uh, Act Now campaign is the first um, move to establish the fight against this, and 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 I think the the, the minister urging people not to protect uh, perpetrators and adding that um, rape cases um, that that have been recorded and uh, violence against um, women should not be taken as a as a family matter. This is something that needs to be addressed. This is something that needs to be reported and be, uh, be treated as a criminal case. And and I think as a, this is a good step. And I think the, I will also just want to encourage the government to to take it further beyond that. Um, the alcohol is, is, is not just the root cause of uh, gender-based violence. There is quite other issues that are associated with it. Of course, I'm not a psychologist, but I think psychologists out there would, would, would tend to agree with me on this. But this is a good um, um, direction. We start with alcohol and we'll be able to, to move beyond this. And we also commended that liquor traders taking part in this campaign as a view that many women are raped on their way home from taverns and all of that. So we don't want to say women shouldn't go to taverns, but we want to say men that are in the taverns, can you try to be in your best behavior? We don't want the situation. The problem is not the women. Of course, the problem lies with the men and how men should conduct themselves, how we should conduct ourselves whenever we consume alcohol and all sorts of things like that. And we've seen that the, the liquor traders are also saying anyone that, is being, that has a record of uh, of um, gender and violence uh, abuses, they will be turned away from from patronizing um, their, their their taverns and all of that. So it's a good um, um, direction, and I hope they can take it further beyond that. And maybe taking it further beyond that is that what is strategic about the south of Durban, and particularly Umlazi, where the uh, uh, walk was staged, the hashtag #ConquerGBV walk and uh, hashtag #ActNow campaigns is that Imlazi was one of the areas that recorded the highest number of rapes in the country for the 2019-2020 uh, census, so crime statistics. The second one is Umtata then. So is that where it should go when we're taking it further? Yes. Uh, starting from there, 
it's, uh, it's that is the epicenter of, of this of this um, crime, knowing the, the, the statistics that was uh, provided, and 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 also I the, the involvement of of Santaco, the taxi council, is also a good one as well, and they all um, come to, you know, came together to 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 take their support for this campaign. And they even even said that um, the man, uh, the secretary of Santaco, said that they have a known, they would make it a non-nonsense approach against any crime. And they are saying that um, about even women that have been abused in sexual rank, they also acknowledge that they are aware that this issue happens as well amongst uh, the taxi taxi ranks in the country. That they would also ensure that women and children are protected. In, in, in Texas, inside either inside the Texas or at the Texas right. I think having it there is quite strategic in, in Mumlazi and getting to know that this is where it happened. And I think about 100 um, tavern owners have actually played their support as well to teach their, their, their patrons about um, gender-based violence and how to, to, to convey themselves. And as you should also know, I'm not entirely sure what is the methodology around it because in the in the tavern, when I'm when someone is there, they just keep ordering for drinks. Is there is there going to be a measure to gauge someone to say, hey, you have had enough? The cut off, yeah. Now, exactly. So well, I do not know. If we, uh, yeah, well, one of one of uh, the other sentiments that were shared was by Deputy Chairperson of the KZN Liquor Authority, Professor Bonke Dumisa, who was saying that, you know, the abuse of alcohol is not an excuse for committing any type of crime and gender-based violence, as we know, as you mentioned earlier as well, that it is one of the root causes. Uh, but also saying that, you know, the organization considers gender-based violence an embarrassment to society. So I guess that speaks to the collaborative efforts that are being called for because even the minister is saying that they believe they cannot fight this alone absolutely it's a, it's, it's a good it's a good call as you said you know and we we want to see more of this uh, collaborative efforts with, uh, with the government and with um, the liquor traders with some people and, and in fact ordinary people should also be involved in it and and we cannot carry on like this. This is something that we need to have. We don't have to wait till December to do this. It is something that needs to be done on a on a day to day basis. We need to 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 um, have a zero um, uh, cases on gender based violence if it's possible to achieve that. We need to start start doing that. Let's talk uh, hashtag to hell with Shell. Now moving to that, environmentalists have. Uh, celebrated some victory after an interdict was granted on Tuesday, barring Shell, the oil and gas giant, from seismic blasting in uh, the area's pristine waters that's in the wild coast. So before there were calls that uh, were to stop seismic testing, I think we spoke about this uh, some, I think, three weeks ago, which was to determine if there, there are minerals to extract in an area in the first place. So these calls were shut as the, the courts decided on the testing to be continued. So this time, I'm, I'm trying to also clarify, so is this time, that, does it mean that they did find that there are minerals and they now want to proceed to extract them, or are we still talking about the testing phase? Uh, at the moment, they are still talking about the, the, the testing uh, space uh, because they, the, what they were going to do was a seismic survey 
along uh, along the the white coast. So, uh, if they had proceeded with that, they it they felt like it uh, the, the testing phase could because Shell didn't really engage the people and also ex, uh, you know uh, inform the people of what this, what is this about. It became a controversy uh, a controversial one because they. The, the people didn't want it, and they felt like if this had gone uh, through, then then it's, it becomes more difficult to actually stop them because now they they actually found the, the what they're looking for, and it it should be really difficult to to fight it. So you need more money to to fight it legally, and this is indeed um, uh, good news for environmentalists and and people that ordinary people that are actually concerned about about the environment as well. So it's a yes then for the Wild Coast residents and environmentalists and a no for Shell with legal costs that Shell and also the Mineral Resources and Energy Minister have been ordered to pay. What were the reasons for Shell? Because, I mean, they're not just going to go into uh, something like this that requires so much money. What were their reasons for wanting to go ahead with this extraction or the seismic testing? I mean, during during um, the argument, um, Shell did one that um, you know, if this if before this was granted, like if it was, if, if they actually stopped them from walking away from this entire operation, that um, the possibility of extracting oil and gas um, from from this um, um, survey um, that they were trying to do will will, will, be, will amount to losses. Uh, close to one billion rand, if if that stopped them, and 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 they they were really disappointed that um, they were stopped from doing this because they're looking at the economic um, gain, uh, of course, to Shell and also to South Africa as a country, and it, uh, they, that's what they were look, hoping to get. And um, but this was uh, quite disappointing as it turned out to be. So they did. They really tried, but um, it didn't. It didn't go the, the way they had wanted it to be. Does this send a strong message then about making sure that uh, profit making does not uh, take precedence, or does it not override human rights? Uh, absolutely. Um, we've, this is uh, another victory, and they, I mean, we think should reference what happened in Tolubeni, um I think, was two years ago. And they also won the case, and now this is another one um, with Shell. So this is this is um, a message actually to to let people know that um, we need to adhere to the word, uh, the popular word you see in, in the country, "battle If I'm correct, putting people first. So it is just a way of also holding the government that the the the, this, uh, the, the gener- this generation of people. Uh, um, actually putting the people first, people putting the environment first before profit. So I think governments have learned the, 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 learned the hard way. And in fact, because um, they, the government and, and the Shell were being ordered to pay the legal costs of this application as well. So they're not just walking away, they're also going to be paying for the legal costs as well. So, so it is a, it's, a, it's a lesson for them. To, to get to understand that there are some things that they can touch and there are some other things that they, they need to, to look away from. So that is it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good call from the, from the courts and also a lesson to, to show. Okay, let's move on to sports. Uh, talking cricket now, hashtag Lungi 
the Proteus fast bowler, and uh, his uh, teammate, Kakiso Rabada. They have led South Africa to a comeback on day three of the first test match versus India. Tell us more. Yes, it's a, it's, it's a very interesting game. And, and I mean, we, we're not really out of, out of the news yet. We can have the way um, India, India attack and, and the cons- consistent uh, probing of uh, Mohamed uh, Shami. And uh, I think uh, Lungi's um, strike is actually um, something that we were, it was needed. The, the comeback was, was, was needed. And I think the, was it the day two, the, there was a rain, uh, day one or day two, oh, the yes. rain affected uh, the game in, in South Africa. And we were actually wanting to, to watch from, from Abu Dhabi uh, with, uh, with my fellow friends from India. Nice. And, um, it's a, this was actually something that we it boosted the, the morale of the protest. It's something that they actually needed. And I mean, looking at the, the sequence in the game, how the numbers was 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 on the against uh, in the odds against um, South Africa the, and the protest, and and it was just it was something that we needed. And uh, after the, the several reports going around the, the world, like everyone is true tr- that the support behind the cricket, the, the, the protest. All right, so come rain or shine was their motto, the Proteus. <laughs> they still pulled through and pushed through. So up next absolutely, then... Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, up next, the one-day international, the ODI. Yes, uh, the, the ODI. It's, I think we, we, we did, I'm sure the, the, the captain also, it's, um, we didn't give kudos to him as well. And we will... I think we we know what to do. The lessons are learned. Um, the strategy needs to be looked into. And I think that the most important thing is the, the, the team, the morale is boosted. And I think when that happens, it's uh, we definitely know what to do. All right. Let's end off on hashtag Mali. Mali holding four-day forum on the return of the country to civilian rule and Mali's military-dominated government launching this four-day national forum. And uh, this is for following the country's August 2020 coup. Yes. It's, um, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's something that we've seen it coming, and with a, uh, with a constant pressure from France and, and the ECOWAS bloc as well, and pushing for this to happen. And the, 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 the big question there is, what is the future of um, Asimi Goita going to be? And how, I mean, as a transitional president, how mm. is it going is it, when this finally gets to happen? And in fact, there's been quite a, a mixed reaction around this. And it's a positive one that um, they are willing to, to, to have this um, discussion. And we all looking forward to the outcome of all this four-day uh, forum is going to be like. And, and they're also being... Uh, election is happening in, in January, and it's it's not really fixed now. After this uh, announcement was made, they're looking at it could be end of January or it could also be in February. But however, which of the months that they chose, the the concern is um, the negotiation. Uh, who is having what, and and we're looking at how is um, going to going to be protected, and when this actually ends. It's actually quite commendable from him. Of course, the the pressure is from France, 
was quite intense. There were sanctions. There were a lot of um, um, back and forth conversation regarding this. And um, I think you, you looking at how uh, Goita has handled all of this, and it also shows that he wants the best for the country, and he does want the, uh, some sort of progress for Mali as a country as well. And it's a key uh, region block in the in the in the francophone country in, in, in West Africa. So it's a good one, and uh, we just have to wait for the outcome of this and how they transition to 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 the democracy that they've had in the previous time. And on that point of waiting for an outcome, I mean, main groups have already said that they will boycott this national conference on reform, this four-day national forum. And, I mean, Mali has really just had snippets of political stability. We wonder what it would take to convince these main groups who want to boycott this four-day national forum to not, at least to have some stability or a trajectory towards a a stable uh, political stability or political, um, uh, what do you call it, atmosphere. What would it take to convince yes. those main groups that are, are saying they'd boycott? It, it is, uh, I mean, before the, the coup uh, introduction in Mali, there had been ongoing um, fights, ongoing uh, problems, insurgencies in, in Mali, in northern Mali, and, and, and also when the national forum meetings that was held, I mean, about 51, it was held in 51 out of 60 areas in, in Mali. And and, and the, the issue there is that there were two regions who actually were really quite adamant. And and, um, and I think also because they felt like when, when they've had this in, in the previous time where um, previous leader came through and their region was neglected. So, and they felt like when they transition to democracy, it's still not going to happen. And it's about, are we really sure this is going to help us? Can we just hold on to Goita's rule for now? Because they think they believe the, the military rule is much stricter and it's, it's probably going to bring them um, better benefits than the civilian rule. So this is, thousands of people have died and hundreds of thousands of people have fed their homes. Considering the, the consistency of these insurgencies in Mali, and it, it's, it's so unfortunate. But I think the Indian women need to give them a bit of more time yeah. to to sleep over it, and maybe they might come around. And they need to also do some sort of assurance. I think France or ECOWAS bloc countries might need to put it on paper or some print the promises onto them and say, should we? transition to democracy. In fact, they do not even believe that the election is fair. So that is another concern that was raised as well by this um, region. Okay, let's leave it there. Thank you so much, Ade. And uh, you do have a happy new year, wherever you will be. Are you still going to be in, in Abu Dhabi? You said you are? Yes, I'm still going to be in Abu Dhabi. We are planning to go to Dubai to watch the fireworks at the Bocha Khalifa, hopefully um, it would be an interesting one. Looking forward to first uh, New Year's Eve. Awesome. Evening. Well, do enjoy and, and be you. safe until we speak in the new year. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, Thank pleasure. You. Always a pleasure. Adekunle Owalabi, social commentator, discussing trending topics here on SFM Sound Awake.